The Mind Your Home podcast is now available on video. To watch the video associated with this episode and see any visuals that may be mentioned in the episode, follow the link in the description to the YouTube channel. You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. You are in the right place today if you are looking for some nifty tips on how to curb the shopping especially as we come into the big shopping season. This video was inspired by Diana who asked, Hey Mia, any way you could do a video on stopping from buying more stuff? I always feel like I'm depriving myself when I keep saying no to my wants and end up splurging later on. Any advice on how to curb this? As a matter of fact, I do. Now, despite what you may believe based on the fact that I do teach people about holistic clutter-free living and minimalism on occasion, um, I still like pretty things. I still like getting presents. I still love Christmas. And if you look at my garage office that I have going on here, it's not just a bare wall, right? Like I still have decorations. I still have things that I enjoy being in that, that make the space warm. So all of that to say, I'm not here to tell you to stop shopping entirely. I'm not here to tell you to not have a Christmas or to not share Christmas gifts. This episode is about curbing and controlling the intentions behind shopping, something that so many people really struggle with. So I want you to think of it as tightening the faucet nozzle on your shopping so that you can intentionally control the things that are coming into your home because what comes in then impacts your environment. So if you're looking to have a more holistic, clutter-free space to get things out of the chaos zone and a little more under control, then this is going to be an important step in being able to maintain that. So today I'm sharing the three incredibly effective things that I use every single day in my own life and in my own household. I'm going to share those with you, and I've even gone a step further. For those of you who are visual learners like me, Introducing the Stop the Shop Triad. If you're out shopping and you're doing your Christmas shopping, you're online, you're trying to make those decisions about should I get it, should I not get it, am I overdoing it, pull out the Stop the Shop Triad and go through the three steps that we're going to be talking about today. Now, I know I said this is not about stopping shopping entirely, and it's more about tightening the nozzle so that you're intentional with the influx. However, Stop the Shop had a nicer ring to it than tighten the nozzle on your influx of belongings. So if you're ready to hear what this triad is about, go ahead and click the thumbs up and let's dive in. So this triad consists of three key techniques that include time, boundaries, and awareness. I'm going to show you exactly what I mean using specific examples and how I literally use these on a daily basis inside of my own home and life. Let's start off with the first one, though, which is time. I actually wrote a blog post about this a couple of years back that later turned into a podcast episode over on the Mind Your Home podcast that was all about three words to curb the shopping. And those three words were not right now. All about delaying the time that it takes for you to see something you want and hit purchase. Now, to be totally transparent with you, I was initially using this as a method to stop smoking cigarettes. And for any of you who have ever tried to quit smoking or tried to quit anything that you're addicted to, um, it was a challenge. I tried all different kinds of techniques. I tried, you know, patches and the e-cigs and the gum and all the different things, right? But when it came down to it, the thing that worked for me 
was not to go cold turkey and completely get rid of the pack of cigarettes. Now, this is not for everybody when it comes to addiction. A lot of people would say it's a horrible thing to keep the stuff around, and I totally agree with that for many occasions. But for me, and just knowing myself and knowing the amount of anxiety that I felt when I would get rid of the pack of cigarettes and that would make me crave a cigarette, um, I decided to try this method that I probably heard about somewhere about just delaying it one cigarette at a time. So just depriving myself of a cigarette one cigarette at a time. So it would go like this. I want a cigarette. I would say, not right now. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it the entire day or the entire week, but right now I'm not smoking a cigarette. And then later on, you know, the craving would come back up and I would say, not right now. And I would go start doing something else. And one craving at a time, I was able to quit smoking. Those minutes turned into hours, turned into eventually weeks. And then before I knew it, I'd completely forgotten about the pack of cigarettes to the point where it was found three years later in a compartment in the back of my car. And I totally forgotten that it was there. So seeing as that worked so well for me for that situation, I've been rinsing and repeating, right? When you find something that works, you rinse and repeat. I've been using that for everything that I'm trying to remove from my life or delay inside of my daily habits or routines. And it works really great with shopping too. So here's one way that I've used it inside of my shopping habits. If I see a bunch of things that I'm wanting that I wasn't initially there to purchase, or if I'm doing even gift shopping, I'll create a list or I'll wish list it. They have a great little button that says wish list. And what you're doing when you wish list something is you're you're not telling yourself no. You're not depriving yourself. You're not making yourself feel like I just can't have anything. You know, you're just saying not right now. You're putting it on a wish list. You can come back to it a week later and see if you even remember that it existed. A lot of times I'll come back to these a week later and I'll totally have forgotten that the thing was in there or I'll decide, you know what? I don't even need that. I don't know what I was thinking. And it gives yourself that time to make the decision intentional. So it's really about breaking your time into shorter, more manageable chunks. And this isn't something that's new. As a matter of fact, I received an email from some tech company who was talking about how his wife ran marathons and they have something that's called the wall when you've run about 20 miles and all of a sudden you just want to stop. You feel like you just can't go any further. Everything is kind of blurred out like the people around you and all you can think about is the pain and how you want to stop. You can't think about going 20 more miles. So what they do is a technique called keeping your world small. With keeping your world small, they find something closer like a lamppost or the next block. And they just focus and focus and focus on that next landmark because they know, you know what, maybe I can't make it 20 more miles, but I can make it to this next lamppost. And then when they get there, they pick another mark. And you know what, maybe I can't make it 20 more miles, but I can make it to that next mailbox or whatever it is. It's very similar to what other people do going through basic training. Actually, Joe Rogan was interviewing a Navy SEAL who made it through something they call Hell Week. They are already the fittest of the fit and still 75% of them do not make it through the seven days of Hell Week where they're deprived of sleep. They're physically run down. They're emotionally run down and screamed at and like everything that you could put your your body and emotion and mind through, they're put through in this hell week. And Joe Rogan was talking to this Navy SEAL who had made it through hell week and he was asking, how did you do it? And the guy simply said, if you go into this thinking of it as a week, as seven days, you're not going to make it. He said it is too intense for you to think of doing this every single day for seven days. He just looked at the next meal. 
He's like, you know what? I can make it six hours to the next meal and then I'm going to get to rest and it's going to be great. And so he just focused on that six hours, six hours, making it to the next meal. All of this has to do with reigning in discipline by means of shrinking down time, keeping your world small and saying not right now. The second technique in the triad is about boundaries. So this is really about maintaining goals and budgets. This is where we get into the why behind the decisions that we make, something that I push, push over and over again because it's truly the most important thing in any decision that you make, including creating holistic clutter-free spaces. You have to know why you're doing it or you're not going to have the gumption to follow through with what it is that you're doing. So having clear goals and budgets and ideally something visible that you can look at in a glance is huge in making those decisions when it comes to shopping. And it it really brings awareness, which is the third technique. So we're not going to get too much into that right now. But it does make you aware of where you stand in relation to your goals and budgets. For example, I'm in the process of planning a wedding. I know, in the middle of COVID, we'll see what happens. We've already had to put it off one year, and now we're looking at 2021. But in the process of planning this wedding, I'm having to look at it from all different kinds of angles because everything is a trade-off. So I might see some really cute things on Instagram or on Pinterest that I would love to incorporate into my wedding, and maybe I can afford $40 here, $50 there, but I can't do that all day long because we all know that that adds up, right? I also have a huge goal of having a honeymoon in Thailand. I've never been international aside from across the border of Mexico. And it's really important to me. And so obviously that cost has to weigh into the factors that I'm making, even down to the little decorative pieces and the dress and the venue and all of the factors that I'm looking at in my wedding. So in order to keep myself from going overboard and from buying everything that might be a totally legitimate purchase in and of itself, when I look at the whole, when I look at the goal and the budget that I have for this wedding and honeymoon, it really helps me to nail down what's truly important and what I do have the financial space for. You could do this with something like a Christmas list. Have a list of the people you're going to be purchasing gifts for, maybe even an idea of how many gifts you're wanting to get per person and your overall budget. That's really going to put things into perspective on how many things you want to buy and which things you want to invest that money into. If you're buying so-and-so two gifts, but you also need to have money that's within this budget for this other person to have their two gifts, that's going to help you to determine and really put it into perspective what you want to be investing in and what's just a frivolous, impulsive purchase from the checkout line. And the third technique is all about awareness, specifically manning your triggers and habits. We all know what our weaknesses are. We all have some kind of a weakness, and that's totally fine. You should just be aware of those so that you can plan accordingly. For example, it might surprise you to know that there are some places that I don't go alone. If you have somebody that can kind of act as that checks and balances for you so that they're not buying the things that they tend to lean toward because you're there to help kind of drag them away and vice versa, um, I try not to go to Target by myself because I do like pretty decorations. And even though I'll usually talk myself out of buying them because a lot of them are really expensive, um, I'll still stand there and stare at stuff and just get lost in this whole staring debate with myself sometimes for hours. Like I'll be in a store for hours and sometimes leave with one or two things. I get, I just get mentally trapped when I'm seeing things that I really like and that I really want. Um, but that I know don't really balance what I'm trying to do inside of my home or with my finances. So I try not to go to places like that by myself. In fact, if I do go to the store and it's been two or three hours, Matt will usually call me and be like, uh Oh, 
what happened. (laughs) So, you know, having a buddy system, if you have that available to you is great, especially if your buddy is somebody who likes other things than what you like so that you then aren't both wanting to get the same things because that can get you into trouble. Another way that you can use this awareness system is in choosing your location. So using online shopping instead of going into the store where a bunch of other things are going to catch your eye or something that I often do. If there's a smaller store that will allow me to get one or two things that I'm going to get, then I'll try to go to that store. I prefer it. So I love like Rite Aids and Walgreens and just really small stores that I can run in, grab what I'm wanting and leave as opposed to going to a big store or a shopping mall or even, you know, like a Target that's going to have tons of different options and things catching my eye. Um, I'll end up spending a lot more time in there and I'll usually end up leaving with more than what I went to grab. So being able to just like find a local smaller store that you can run into and run out of when you need something is a good tip for just knowing your triggers and working around them. Of course, you can use this within stores themselves too. So if you are in a store like Target or like the shopping mall and you know that your weakness lies on this aisle over here and you don't actually need anything from that aisle, know yourself well enough to detour, plan your own little detours and you know go directly on the route that's around what you're otherwise going to be caught in the middle of. That one's harder. I got to say that one is definitely harder. You have to have at least a little bit of self-control to go into a store that you know has a section of stuff that you love to look at and maybe you would leave with that you don't really need. It's because a lot more self-control to do that than it does just to go to the smaller store or just to hop online and order what you need. And the last thing that we do that works really well when it comes to manning our triggers and habits is that we bulk our shopping. So we do not go shopping more than once a week. Usually it's grocery shopping and we'll go to a store where we can get other things if we need things that aren't groceries. So we might go to Fred Meyers if we have things on the list like socks or things that aren't groceries. Otherwise, we just go to a specific grocery store like maybe Safeway. And we only do this once a week. So we're not going to the store every day or every two days because what happens is, again, you're walking into this location that has all of these things for sale and it's really easy to justify just buying one or two extra things, you know, spending 10 or $20 here, 10 or $20 there. And then you go back to the store a few days later and it's okay, well, that's only $10 again, you know? So all of that adds up at the end of the week. It adds up to more belongings that you're bringing in each trip and it adds up to more money that you're spending each trip when If you were to bulk it, you would be alleviated of those extra purchases. So bulking your shopping does two things that are really great. First of all, it works with the whole time technique that we talked about earlier in that it delays gratification for certain things that pop into your head that you think you want. If you wait until the day that you go shopping, you may find that you don't actually want or need those anymore. And another thing is that it lets you see as a whole how much your weekly shopping is coming to, how much you're bringing in physically and how much you're spending all at once instead of waiting to the end of the month when you're balancing your checkbook and realizing, wow, we spent a lot more on shopping than what I thought we did because they all seem like little purchases, but then they all added up. So look, this is my mental triad. This triad is my mental process and how I form structure to keep things flowing into my home at an intentional, manageable rate. At the end of the day, it's all about creating holistic, intentional, clutter-free spaces that are going to make you feel good. If you want to know what's involved in creating those holistic clutter-free spaces, I have a masterclass to show you exactly how to do that, the five ingredients that are needed to create holistic clutter-free spaces the easy way right here. You can see the link for that down in the description. And if you liked this video, then you should check out this other video of mine on the three steps to creating clutter-free spaces, where I dive a little bit deeper into some of the themes that we discussed here today. 
Catch you next time.